It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Previously on Election Rewind. George W. Bush was arrested for operating under the influence Labor Day weekend 24 years ago. It was quite a surprise there in the final hours. I had to spend a lot of time on television denying that we had anything to do with the leaking of the story because we had nothing to do with it. What I did was wrong, uh, and I've corrected that. And I think the people of, people of America will understand that. All kinds of suspicions about who could be behind this. Here we are with four days to go on a campaign, and we're discussing something that happened 24 years ago. On Tuesday, we're going to carry Wisconsin, and we're going to win the White House. When you get hit in the head by a surprise two-by-four like that, you just go, oh, how bad is it going to be? Episode 5, Election Night. Around here, we're fond of saying, we report, you decide. Tonight, though, you will decide, and we will report. Welcome, everyone, to Fox News' Election Night coverage. I'm Britt Hume. In 2000, we had not had a close presidential election since 1976. Director of the Fox News Decision Desk, Arnon Mishkin. So basically, for 24 years, the presidential election outcome was pretty clear early in the night, and no one was going to question the outcome. Everyone sort of anticipated it um, heading into election night. You know, the numbers were pretty clear in suggesting Al Gore should win as we approached election day. Journalist and political analyst Juan Williams. But it was clear that it was going to be a tight race. And the question was largely about whether or not Gore would do well in the South. There was already indications that he might not win his own home state of Tennessee. But people were saying that's unlikely, you know, even though it was a very tight race. Um, So there was lots of anticipation that, well, it's going to be a late night. But no one really thought that it would be anything but an Al Gore win. Okay, so what the decision desk is, is the group that looks at the election returns, the exit in those days, the exit polls, the sample precinct results, um, as well as what we were anticipating going into the election, to make a decision as to who has won the election and to allocate on a presidential election night, allocate the electoral votes and try to get either candidate up to 270 or over 270 and basically declare them the president-elect. It is a great honor for me to be able to come here to Forks River School and to participate in this election. I did an around-the-country swing in which I slept very little through Election Day. Former United States Senator Joseph Lieberman. I started in Miami and I went all across the southern border, up to the northwest, across the northern border, down, and was back in Florida and Tampa uh, oh, four or five in the morning on election day, met Al Gore at a Cuban uh, bakery, had a real strong cup of Cuban coffee, <laughs> and did the one of the morning TV shows uh, and uh, did a rally and then went to Connecticut to vote and then to Nashville. There are really two kinds of people on the decision desk. The first is political scientists, and most of the people tend to be political scientists or professional pollsters. And the second is people with a strong statistics background uh, and uh, to sort of look at the data and decide whether or not the data we're seeing, which is always a sample of the the overall data, but whether or not the differences between the two candidates are statistically significant enough 
for us to say this is going to hold no matter what. Thank you for coming to our poll, sir. Bruce, good to see you, sir. Thank you for voting. Thank you for helping Shepard vote. every election. Thank you. Good friends over the course of all these good elections life. we have. All right. Gore was on his farm in Tennessee. Campaign strategist for Al Gore, Bob Shrum. And was supposed to come in and have lunch with uh, Carter and me and our wives. And uh, we were in a bookstore just looking at all the, the you know various books uh, when... I think it was Carter's cell phone rang. I was not much of a cell phone aficionado in those days. Carter's cell phone rang, and it was Gore, and he said he couldn't make it for lunch. And he then read us the early exit polls, which all looked really good. Decision teams have been operating for news networks basically since the 50s or the 40s, um, looking at emerging different types of data. Um, This was uh, in the year 2000 that we were using basically for the third time the networks were relying on an organization that was a consortium of the the big news networks as well as the television that broadcast television networks um, to conduct the exit polls and collect the vote. So it looked like pretty much as predicted, as forecast, this was going to be an Al Gore night. and that's the way, you know, it, it looked uh, at 5 p.m. as I, you know, was getting ready to go on the air for Fox News. The first bit of data you collect are, is the data from the poll you're doing of voters, the voter poll. In those days, Fox was involved with the exit poll. Um, we no longer do exit polls, but we still do polls of voters in the days leading up to the election. So step one is looking at the data from that poll. If the separation between the two candidates is wide enough so it's very clear that candidate x is winning this thing you make a call at poll close based on the poll data the second bit of data we collect or certainly collected in those days was sample precinct data which is we develop a sample of about 50 to 75 precincts in a state and we collect the data from each individual precinct And we use that to build a statistical model of what the final vote is going to be. And if the vote is wide enough that that model shows a difference, we can make the call based on the sample precincts. The third step is actually just looking at the raw county vote that comes in, that collects all the the vote and um, that makes clear. uh, And and in the case of races that are one or two or three points, you can tell once Historically, you've been able to tell once about 50, 60 percent of the vote is in that those models that built on that county vote enable you to see a difference of one to two points or three points and make a call based on that. And the final is just waiting for the vote count to finish and understand if the vote is different enough to so that it doesn't go into an automatic recount that many states require. But as long as the outcome is wider than that, you can declare that person a winner. The final determinant of who wins it is who the state certifies has won the election, um, unless there is some court case that comes out of it. So we watched uh, uh, the returns from that hotel. It was the Lowe's Hotel and Lowe's Vanderbilt in Nashville. And uh, part of the time with the Gores, part with our own family. And um, it it was an incredible uh, topsy 
disturbing night. Oh, I think that heading into 2000, the states that we thought were going to be very interesting or significant were Ohio um, and Florida. Um, I think everyone assumed New York was going Gore, Texas was going Bush, California was going Gore. Um, the big states we were interested in was um, Ohio and Florida. The other states that were going to be interesting that we thought were, you know, sort of potentially interesting were some of the states in the Midwest and the sort of Mid-South, states like Tennessee, Kentucky, West Virginia. These are states that were, have historically been Democratic states, but that we knew that Bush was making some, attempting to make some inroads in them. But because it's such a delegate-rich, you know, treasure trove uh, for electoral votes. Host of Special Report on the Fox News Channel, Brett Baer. The focus on Florida is is always significant, and uh, we just didn't know how significant or how tight it was going to be. Exit poll data from Florida showed a very clear Gore win, Gore way ahead, and moreover, the vote that was coming in between 7 and 745 which was heavily the sort of absentee early vote that was coming in, but it was also showing a very strong Gore uh, margin. And so he was, based on all the data we were seeing and all the different models we were looking at, because you get this data, which is um, not complete, but you cut it up into all sorts of different models and see, is there any way of cut, looking at this data that tells you that your, your hypothesis is wrong? And every data that we were piece of data that we were looking at and the other networks were looking at that the AP was looking at was saying Al Gore is going to carry Florida. And um, so as a result, at 750, all the networks, I believe, decided to call Gore um, the winner in Florida at 750 p.m. that night. Fox News projects that Al Gore will carry the state of Florida. You see some raw vote percentages there. Disregard those. We project a win for Al Gore wow. in the state of Florida. I love the exit polls. They've been, they were consistently wrong. Chief strategist for George W. Bush, Carl Rove. But the bigger issue was besides the exit polls was the uh, desire of the networks to call uh, states quickly and, and, and prematurely. And of course, the famous example is Florida where they basically call the election while the panhandle, which is in the central time zone, is still voting. So they were making a decision about how the state was going to turn out before they even had all of the polls. And so they relied upon the on the uh, exit polls to make their decision. The networks said that we had won Florida. And um, th that probably meant that we had won the election. And there was a lot of jubilation. As I recall the 750 call, that was actually... For the, mo for the really clear calls, it's not so much each individual network makes it as the pool would make a call like that. And I think that that was a VNS call that every network subscribes to. And the, those, those calls that are made by the pool tend to be on the most conservative um, statistical grounds. Um, they know when you know they don't feel any competition to sort of beat other networks. So I didn't feel and that competition to sort of beat the networks, uh, but you did have the sense that this is right. Get the next episode of Election Rewind the moment it's released. Subscribe at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. <laughs> Baltimore Ravens star linebacker Ray Lewis led the NFL in tackles this season. Now Lewis holds another record. He's the second active NFL player to be charged with murder.
New polls may show New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani's lost his lead in his Senate race against First Lady Hillary Clinton, but both sides are saying they don't care about the polls and are actually accusing each other of being poll-obsessed. You think putting men on the moon was a big deal? The Human Genome Project is said to be bigger, the beginning of a revolution and the opening of a huge can of worms. And we now project in the state of Michigan that Al Gore will win in the race for president in the state of Michigan, making Pennsylvania now more important than it has ever been for both candidates. Yeah, good. Well, call me when you hear something. Thanks. That was the governor of Pennsylvania. What did he say? Well, he's, uh, he's not conceding anything, and I'm not either in the state of Pennsylvania. We thought it would close, but we thought there was definitely enough vote there. We were comfortable with that call. But, you know, you know one of the things you have to remember is on election night, the two presidential candidates are the, the two most powerful people in America. And before one of them has been determined to be the president-elect, they are equally powerful. And the implication of that, particularly when one, either one is the neither one is the incumbent president, the implication for that is people are calling them up thinking they might have a job. And so you always dismiss those kind of statements because a part of it is, I did a really good job for you, Mr. President-elect. And don't worry, I'm telling you, I did a great job for you. And so you, you, those sorts of stories can be a little bit dismissed. Certainly, though, the big surprises so far as we have them, Florida and Michigan projected already tonight for Vice President Gore. But once you hit 8 p.m. and once people start to see, wait a minute, there's a substantial number of votes out there in the panhandle, that's when people start to get nervous. And then you start to see people saying, you know, uh, we're not convinced right now that Al Gore is going to win. Al Gore, the winner there in the state of New Jersey. In the state of Missouri, Fox News projects the winner there to be Governor George W. Bush of Texas. I was similarly close. Um, one of the, the, that was one of the races that the close, we always thought that was a sort of Gore territory. And the fact that um, Bush was doing really well in Iowa, we thought was indicative of what was going on in the rest of the country where Bush was um, stronger than anticipated, um, particularly coming out of the weekend news. Governor Bush, the projected winner in the state of Alabama, also the projected winner in the state of Oklahoma. And in the state of Delaware, we project Al Gore, the winner there. I don't believe uh, I don't believe that some of these states uh, that they've called, like Florida, we just, I just don't believe that I don't believe we've got enough evidence to be able to call the state. We're actually counting the votes. And as I told you, in some of these counties uh, uh, where we had vote total projections, we're doing better than we thought. And um, but I feel I feel fine. You know, there were a couple of indications of some stuff in the poll that, that I remember that I was sort of a little suspicious of that um, uh, some of um, the local politicians were not as Republicans were not as popular in the poll as we thought we had been led to believe they were. So I wondered if the poll was a little too gore. I think there was a question about Jeb Bush favorability and he wasn't as favorable as he was supposed to be. And I thought that was interesting. Uh, but. We called it at 7.50. All the networks called it at 7.50. Um, and there were three counties in the panhandle that were still uh, voting. Governor Bush, the projected winner in the state of Alabama, also the projected winner in the state of Oklahoma. And in North Carolina, it is too close to call. We, that is the state Governor Bush had high hopes in. We, we, we believe that is too close to call at this stage. We have a similar story in the state of Ohio, very important for Governor Bush. We project, we project that too close to call at this stage. Similarly, West Virginia, too close to call. 
And in New Hampshire, also too close to call, very little raw vote in there as well. You know, when you look at Florida and you look at the two time zones, a lot of people are unaware that that panhandle comes in after the majority of the state. And you have to think about who lives in the panhandle, the strong presence of military and retirees. It's a really Republican area of the state. Now, obviously, the population centers tend to be in the southern part of the state, you know, Miami, even coming up towards Orlando, Tampa. But then if you swing across, all of a sudden, there, there, there are these people there. And so the idea that those folks aren't counted and their polls aren't closed, I don't think was apparent to many people. It just wasn't at the front of your mind, even as a journalist in the year 2000. I'm really proud of the uh, effort we're made and the effort we're still making because there's a lot of states still in the balance. Thank you all. The Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Uh, I just, this was uh, Governor Ridge calling. It just happened to be calling when y'all came up. And uh, he, uh, he doesn't believe the projections. He believes there's a lot of votes still outstanding. That we've had heavy turnouts in the... Uh, what he calls the T of Pennsylvania. Uh, we're getting the same report out of Florida as well. But the networks call this thing awfully early, but the people actually counting the votes are coming up with a little different perspective. As the states are coming in, uh, I can remember Britt Hume anchoring coverage. Brett Baer. And I'm listening to the calls uh, outside in, the, in Nashville waiting for the Gore campaign to kind of weigh in and touching base every now and then. And they say, well, it looks good and uh, it's going to be tight down to the wire. And hour after hour, uh, that was the message. I'm going to have to stop for one second. We have the latest results in North Carolina. We're now projecting George W. Bush, the winner there. It would have been quite a development, uh, Paula, if he had not won that state. That would have been more of a bellwether than any other because he had been well ahead there and it was surprising indeed that it uh, took us as long as we as it did to project that state. Uh, Fred, obviously that's good news for uh, for Bush, but not not that good news. No, no, it's, uh, it's, uh, it is good news, but the fact that uh, you had to delay and after giving these pretty quick uh, projections for Florida and Michigan, particularly Michigan, uh, Ohio is still too close to call, right. a state that where Bush had been running well ahead in polls he counted on. Right now, you'd have to say that uh, uh, as the vote's being counted, Gore has uh, uh, some momentum. Gore came in, we got ready for to, to and practiced a, a victory speech, which he would give at the war memorial. Bob Shrum. We were downstairs, we took a break, went downstairs to have dinner, uh, and I went to the men's room, and as I was coming back, uh, the networks withdrew the call of Florida for Gore, which uh, meant that, you know, this was going to be really tight. The 750 call, for sure, looked to be a no-brainer. Arn in Michigan. And as it turned out, it, in about two hours later, it the no-brainer was a bit of a brain twister. Uh, <laughs> and we needed to pull back the call. Let me interrupt. We have a very important announcement. Um, we and other networks are now saying that Florida, which we and others had called for, for Vice President Gore, is now too close to call. And the reason 
in retrospect, they did a deep dive analysis on what was going on. And the it wasn't so much that the exit poll was wrong, because in fact, the, the exit poll in Florida that night was fairly accurate. It was completely consistent with the way the voters in the areas where we were polling were voting. There was no sort of what we call within precinct error in, the, in that exit poll. What was wrong was that the, the sample that was picked to look at the, um, the vote, for whatever reason, was slightly more democratic than the state. So if you looked at the, the history of those, those voting places, it was within statistical norms, but it was still sort of skewed slightly democratic. And so when we were looking at the data, we were looking at correct data, which is an accurate analysis of uh, exit poll of what those sample precincts were saying, supported by the fact that the data that we came in from the vote that night was completely consistent with the poll. And But what we didn't realize was the sample we were looking at was slightly skewed deep. Well, we were all kind of embarrassed about it because, uh, and look, we weren't the only ones. Uh, everybody did the same thing. So it wasn't as if our competitors were all over the fact that it wasn't over and we weren't. That wasn't the case. Fox News senior political analyst, Britt Hume. But I mean, it made for a very long night and a very tense night. And I had, this was 19, this is 2000, I had joined Fox News on the first day of 1997. So I missed the 1996 election at Fox. I was still with ABC News at the time. So this is my first uh, time out anchoring an election night. And of course, you know, as a, as a guy was there who's saying it to you on the air that so-and-so has won and, well, maybe so-and-so hasn't won. Uh, obviously, I was disappointed at that. Pulling a call out is never an easy decision because you are admitting a mistake and you know let and it's not just that you it's not just nobody likes to admit they're wrong it's also the realization that oh, there's going to be a lot of attention on this mistake and that that could have other ramifications so it's not something you do lightly um, we were hearing at about 9 p.m. that the Republican campaigns were saying this call is wrong, our numbers, because both campaigns tend to have very good numbers on what they think they're getting in each county, or at least they ought to, <laughs> at least in an important state. Um, and if they don't, they don't deserve to win. Um, and so we did pay some attention. We thought it was some somewhat spin. But as the data started coming in from the more Republican areas of Florida, we were seeing hey guys this is not working and so or this is not correct and so we felt the need to make to pull back that call um in this interest of telling the folks what we know i knew and believed that he was going to lose his home state that he was going to lose tennessee his character had changed electorally and politically over the eight years since since he'd been a senator and i just sort of privately to myself said you know i really wish that we had taken the money we spent in tennessee on television and then put it in the Boston media market and made sure we carried New Hampshire, which, of course, in the end, we lost very narrowly. But, you know, Tennessee is a traditionally red state, but native sons usually manage to, to pull those things out. Um, it was a bit of a blow. Uh, I think that, you know, they wouldn't have had the um, the big party there um, if they, they thought they couldn't pull out Tennessee. The networks pulled back that call and said, it's tightening in Florida, and we can't call it. Senator Joe Lieberman. And then Bush went a little bit ahead. Um, I went back to my room with my wife, and if I may be really honest, and you know, sometimes women express emotions more than men. We got into the room, it was probably about midnight, 
and it was a very frustrating long night. And uh, somebody had sent us an arrangement of flowers, which was on a table in the foyer in our suite. And my wife knocked the flowers off the table. Uh, And you know what? I I kind of cheered when she did it. Tremendous uncertainty and confusion. And this is not a good place for a journalist to be. Juan Williams. But it's also... An incredibly fascinating place to be because everybody around me, in other words, my colleagues at Fox, people who are calling, I'm calling political players who will take my calls. Everybody is up in the air. And this is, they're also up, in case you didn't notice, in the middle of the night with a high level of anxiety. So it's uh, everybody's on edge. Florida was, was a state where the the combination of the samples and the polling didn't work as as well. Um, Ohio as well, it was a bit of a challenge. Um, but and I remember to this day getting a text message from uh, VNS, the head of VNS said, "We're not worried about the data coming in from Ohio." And then in parentheses, yet we think we're gonna we're narrowly ahead in Florida. We're outperforming where we need to be, but not by much. Carl Rove. And then it turns out there's been a huge mistake in Volusia County. And uh, that that drops us down, you know, barely ahead. But but we're talking to people in the in Palm Beach and Broward and and Miami Dade, which are the counties that where there are uh, boxes still out, and then some other counties where there are boxes out. And we're we're still confident that we will have a well. We think we're going to have a narrow victory, but it was confusing. And uh, and while the trend lines were were. Tightening, we, we, we still felt that at the end of the night we'd be, we'd be the victor in Florida. Coming on to 2 a.m., it was sort of, are we ever going to be able to make a call here in Florida? And there was also a realization that the presidency was in the balance in Florida. That, in other words, either Gore or Bush would get over 270 if they got the Florida electoral votes. And so there was a a desire to sort of figure out what really is going on in Florida, how much vote is outstanding in Florida, and um, who's going to wind up winning this thing. There was also an emerging concern about, um, well, the potential for a recount in Florida. Does it get so close that you need to do a recount? Um, And so those two factors, is it going to be a recount? And if it's not going to be a recount, let's try to really tell the public who the next president's going to be. Um, which is kind of an important question on election night. It's like a buck question. And it was boiling down to a set of numbers from a set of counties in one state in America. I remember later being told the ratings stayed. In other words, the American people didn't go to sleep. They, they wanted to know what was going on. This was really a moment of incredible political dynamism that we hadn't seen. I'd never experienced anything like this in my political life. And I'd been, you know either a print or TV journalist since 1980 with the, the Reagan-Carter race. Never seen anything like it. Bush had a slight lead, but there was he was never getting enough space between him and Gore to make us think he was going to win. And then starting at about 2 a.m. or 2.05 or whatever, there was a tranche of vote that came in that all of a sudden his margin grew dramatically. We are now calling Fox News Now Projects George W. Bush, the winner in Florida, and thus it appears the winner of the presidency of the United States. 
Fox News projects George W. Bush, the winner of the presidency of the United States, based on the call we now make in the state of Florida. Hundreds of thousands of customers got burned when e-tailers promised on-time delivery and didn't deliver. Sammy the Bull Gravano, in court, downplayed the charges against him. But law enforcers say he is a key player in one of the largest ecstasy drug rings in the area. And especially for you, Mr. Gore. From my cold, dead hands. About 35, 40 minutes ago, the governor received a phone call from the vice president. Uh, the governor, the, the Bush campaign is now given to believe that the vice president will be making a concession speech. And the aides to the governor say that he wished the vice president well, congratulated, congratulated him on a fight well fought, uh, said that he respected the vice president and that he understood that the vice president, he said that the vice president was a good man, all the types of... Uh, dignity and victory and taking sort of a high road being a good winner that one would expect under these circumstances. My wife said, I got it. I got a rest. So she got into bed uh, with all her clothes on and everything. I said, why don't you relax? She said, why? Because I, I'm sure we're going to be awakened and asked to go out. And, you know, about an hour later, um, a man named Charles Burson, who was the counsel to the campaign, former attorney general of Tennessee, uh, a uh, lawyer for Al Gore came, knocked on the door and said, the vice president uh, wanted me to tell you that uh, the, the staff uh, believes that uh, Florida is now out of reach. And um, uh, he's calling uh, Governor Bush to concede. I said, how much are we behind? They said, it was something like 25,000. I said, that's nothing. This is, the, this is the presidency, the future of the country on the line. Wait. Let's take a look, if we can, again, at those raw vote numbers we were just looking at a moment ago. That is the state of Florida, and that projects the race having tightened still further down to a margin of something uh, in the neighborhood of ten or 11,000 votes. Uh, that obviously begins to look agonizingly close again. And we keep seeing that there are 99% of the precincts in, but if they let 1% of the precincts, it's still out there. It's been causing some consternation as this vote tally continues. And nobody apparently uh, in any preparing to uh, make any changes in their, in their uh, estimates for that, uh, for that outcome. We're talking to Randy Enright, who is our lead guy inside Florida. And uh, he also says, I think we're going to win, but, you know, I don't know where that's coming from. Uh, we were happy for it, but we were also... Uh, cautioning the governor of Texas, who was in the governor's mansion about six blocks or seven blocks away, uh, that, that that we, well, we thought we had a narrow lead, that, that we thought this was premature. The secretary of state down there is is saying that the margin's about 600 votes. In Florida? In, in Florida. Florida. And that obviously, that may be what's holding you. Gore up. Uh, VNS is saying it's about 6,000. I went down to my room to get my raincoat, and my wife was there, and she was crying. And so, you know, I was trying to comfort her, and I missed the motorcade. And I then got a call from a network correspondent saying, I don't think you guys should be conceding. This vote count in Florida is not right. There are a whole bunch of Democratic votes still to come in. I remember saying to someone in the room, saying, there is no way Gore concedes this election. He is not making the same mistake Nixon made in 1960 when he prematurely talked about the outcome of the race and suggested John Kennedy might win. 
then the race became a lot closer than you thought. That this is the kind of thing you wait until the next morning. As, by the way, had happened in 1976, the last really close election, when Ford went to bed um, without calling Carter and then did not concede until the next morning. Anyway, we get in the cars. My wife was right. Never took her makeup off. Didn't have to reapply her makeup. You know, so smart. And... Um, we got in the cars to go to the War Memorial Plaza, where we were going to, we were going to uh, concede in public. And uh, when we got there, um, pe- people started to run uh, to uh, Al Gore's car and ours and said, uh, don't say anything to anybody. Come into this room. We went to kind of a bunker. I got my assistant, uh, and he drove me to the periphery of the event. And, and then pointing to my Secret Service badge, I kept going through barriers and going through barriers. In the meantime, talked to Carter and to Stan Greenberg, who was our pollster. And uh, and they had gotten some of the same information and said, we have to stop him from conceding. And he got out of the car and was going to go straight on stage and, and, and concede. And uh, there's a terrific person who traveled with him all the time. And Carter had called him and said, don't let him go to the stage. He has to go to the holding room. <laughs> and Gore said, I'm going on stage. And he said, you have to go to the holding room. Bob and Carter say you have to go to the holding room. He said, I don't care. I'm going on stage. Finally, he was persuaded to go to the holding room. We don't know until it's reported um, and then get confirmation that he made a concession call. But then, it's soon thereafter that he takes back that call. People said um, it's down to about uh, 5,000 difference and it's shrinking rapidly. Then it got to 1,000 and everybody said, well, you can't concede. And Al said, I already did, so I got a call Governor Bush and he did. It was a very unpleasant call to tell him that he was rescinding his concession. Brett, while you see the jubilation in Nashville, a stunned silence has fallen over the crowd in Austin. Vice President Al Gore has called Governor Bush and retracted his concession because he is now of a mind that things could be turning yet again in Florida. What was great about it, you talk about there used to be a hotline between uh, Moscow and Washington, so Bill Daly, our campaign manager, had the cell phone number of uh, Don Evans, who was the campaign manager for Bush, former Commerce Secretary, or, or uh, incoming Commerce Secretary. So he called him and put Al on the phone, and Al said, you know, it's too close in Florida, and um, I, uh, I really got to, uh, I got to rescind my uh, concession to you, and we have to see how things develop. It just would be unfair. So there was a pause, and then... Al says, I don't care what your little brother says. And then uh, the conversation ended and everybody went, wow. And then somebody said, wow, you called Jeb Bush Bush his little brother? So Al said, I didn't call him his little brother. He said to me, my little brother, who's the governor of Florida, tells me we're going to win in Florida. It was adorable. Well, it's like, whoa, 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 what was that? And uh, and so everybody's anxiety got higher, and we, you know, I, I immediately re- I, I'd been swept out of the office and up the uh, Congress Avenue to the six. We were at uh, Third and Congress, and, and at uh, 
11th in Congress was a giant stage in front of the Capitol, uh, and I was being swept up the street. And when that came down, uh, then, you know, I literally headed back to the headquarters. And um, we continued to monitor it until, you know, you know, 8 o'clock the next morning. I can't even remember when I went to sleep that day. My funniest memory of that night is I'm standing outside in a cold drizzle, waiting actually for who we thought was the president-elect, George W., to come address this huge crowd in Austin. Former chief of staff to George H.W. Bush, Gene Becker. And my phone starts ringing. And what President Bush had failed to tell me is he had given my cell phone number out to a lot of his friends and has said to them, if you want an update on the election, call Gene. Because I'm I'm at campaign headquarters with Carl all night. Um, and President Bush knew that I would know exactly what was going on. So the first time I answered the phone, it was Prince Bandar, the ambassador from Saudi Arabia to the United States. And he comes on in his very thick accent. He says, Gene, this is Prince Bandar. What is happening there? In, in, and I... I'm like, so, oh, my God, your highness. And so I talked to him. Well, then my phone rings, and it's Brian Mulroney, the former prime minister of Canada. Gene, it's Brian Mulroney from Canada calling up here in, from Montreal. What, what's going on down there? This is just crazy. And then before the night was over, John Major, the former prime minister of Great Britain, called me. So every time my phone rang, I would sort of look at it like, Oh, no. Florida Division of Elections is now saying that there will be an automatic recount of the ballots in Florida because of a statutory recount provision that says if there's a gap of 0.5, Bill Crystal's talking to this, or less between candidates. Right now, with 99.9% of the vote counted, both Bush and Gore have 48.9% of the vote. Gore down by 630 votes. The only way there would not be a recount is if the candidate eliminated requests in writing. Uh, that a recount not be done or submitted a request in writing that a, that a, that a recount not be done. So that's it now. Um, that's uh, striking stuff, though, folks. Well, about 3 a.m., my phone rang, and it was President Bush, 41. And he said, what, what do you know? What are you doing? What do you know? And I said, well, sir, why are you, why are you calling me? I said, I'm with, I'm in camp, I'm still at campaign headquarters. Carl and his team, they're trying to figure out what's going on. He says, well, I don't, I can't find anybody. He was at the governor's mansion. He and Mrs. Bush were staying at the governor's mansion. And he said, I think George and Laura went to bed and Barbara went to bed. I'm coming over there. And I said, no, 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 no. Do not, you need to go to bed and get some sleep because I said, you know what, sir, this is going to go on for a long time. In 10 seconds, it will be, or less than that now, about three seconds until 4 a.m. The mood in the room was, wow, this is really like 1960 and 1976 all over again. Um, an election that is really uncertain, um, that becomes uncertain. I will tell you that the decision team, we have a tradition of going out to dinner the night before that a tradition and one of the things we bet on we always try to come up with a bet and what we bet on that night this i distinctly remember is okay so which race is going to hang out there you know there's always that oregon senate race that you can't decide for weeks 
So which race do we think it's going to be? And so we went back and forth about that. No one bet that it's going to be the presidential election. It's going to come down to one state and it's going to be 500 vote difference. According to the information supplied by the Secretary of State of Florida, with 99.9% of the vote counted, there is a margin of only about 1,200 votes out of millions cast with over 5,000 votes left to be counted. This is a very significant for most important reason, and that is for under Florida state law, this triggers an automatic recount. And as everyone knows in America, this race has come down to the state of Florida. Without being certain of the results in Florida, we simply cannot be certain of the results of this national election. I got a copy of the uh, New York Times, and the which which made Bush the apparent winner as well. And I, <laughs> I think they they published only a couple of thousand, and I might have one of them. And uh, <laughs> and the other local papers that had that um, that as well. Um, <laughs> and I decided to go home. And um, uh, you know, I I joke with people. When they asked me about that night, I said, I don't remember. I was drunk that night, which is not true. But the reality is I might as well at the end of, you know, after being punched around for eight hours, might as well. You know, this is the whole time where Florida is called and then taken back. And that kind of set the alarm bell to, wait a second, this is going to be a legal fight. And... I remember talking to somebody with the campaign saying plane loads of lawyers are heading down to Tallahassee right now. Let me add that Vice President Gore and Senator Lieberman are fully prepared to concede and to support Governor Bush if and when he is officially elected president. But this race is simply too close to call. And until the results, the recount is concluded and the results of Florida, Florida become official, our campaign continues. Next time on Election Rewind. We started out uh, staying in people's houses. That was our job, is to use every tool that we had to our advantage to make sure it wouldn't be stolen from us. It was going to be a change of direction, whether Gore won or Bush won. And we, as a country, could not determine that. Imagine that. The Will Cain Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Cain as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts.